Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. First off, we have to do something about the scene, and we have to go and give voice to people who look like me. This is the Improv Chronicle. I'm Lloydie. How have improv scenes across the world changed in the past couple of years following the COVID lockdowns? This episode, I've put together some conversations I've had over the past few months with people across the world to find out how the improv scene has changed where they live. Some episodes, we find a lot of commonality with what people are saying. This episode, it's really interesting to note how each location has come back from the pandemic in very different ways. Today, we start in LA with Sean Landry, who made change happen after the pandemic by founding the Ledge Theatre. Even before the pandemic, a lot of changes were going on all over this country with Me Too, uh, also along with Black Lives Matters. And the reckoning came to improvisation in this country, which is how people of color were treated, how women of color were treated. And then when all that was going on, the pandemic hit. And then all of those issues and concerns were Zoom meetings. So the change was going on during all this. Uh, before the pandemic, there was a, a pretty good breadth of theater here in L.A. Uh, that's including my still favorite place and human beings in the world, the Pack Theater, UCB. I.O. was still going on at that point. Uh, Second City was still here. And then the pandemic hit. And then obviously, you know, the main base was gone. Right now, there's not a lot of people. I mean, it's growing back again. But Second City is gone. I.O. is gone. UCB has pared down back to its original space on Franklin. It was an interesting moment there. Uh, Acme ended up literally Acme Theater did an amazing thing where people walked up to the theater in uh, North Hollywood and it was empty. He didn't tell anybody. It was just gone. It was a really horrible time at that point. And that's when I said there has to be first off, we have to do something about the scene and we have to go and give voice to people who look like me 
and the LGBTQIA plus community. The scene right now, our scene in Los Angeles, it's everybody works everywhere. Everybody pops from one place to another, produces their own shows in the spaces that are available. Um, and the spaces would be the Pack Theater is still standing. UCB Franklin is still standing. Uh, then there's the ledge. And then right down the balcony, because I'm in collaboration with them, is Impro Theater. Um, there is the clubhouse, which you can pitch a show and do a show. And that's literally a block and a half. We use their parking lot. Let me not forget my lovely people, Sean Casey. He now runs the Lyric, and he's over at, um, he has a ton of books in his space. I'll remember the name in a moment. I'm sorry, Sean. Um, here's a fun fact. Pretty much everybody who owns or operates a theater here in Los Angeles that is predominantly improvisation or a sketch originally are from Chicago. So to Chicago we go next. Back at the tail end of last year, I visited the city and saw how things were changing there. I hit up my good friend and improviser Joran Gargello, went to see a show he recommended, and then sat drinking whiskey, talking about improv in a Chicago bar. Okay, so we've just come from Logan Square Improv, which um, Joran, you think is like it's one of the places where it's at at the moment in Chicago. Why? Well, I think that that after the sort of the schism of everything that was all the pandemic motivated stuff that sort of happened that kind of felled a lot of theaters I guess annoyance is still open but and is still strong and going but I've never been like an annoyance person um, there is a kind of improv that I want to believe should exist and is uh, collaborative and celebratory and joyful and um Shared, you know, like it's it's watching people kind of uh, do something together and profoundly enjoy one another while being mischievous and playful with one another, and and I think right now, I mean, we've had a lot of places over the years that have been the most important thing ever to different groups of people. It, you know, there's uh, in re recent. We've had all these small theaters, CIC, Upstairs Gallery, um, people that were obsessed, a playground, people obsessed with going to the spot. Like, there's always been sort of like uh, the indie rock scene to Chicago improv that also I feel like captures the real spirit of what's special about it because people aren't sort of like so worried about... Uh, status and hierarchy that they're sort of like looking over their shoulders or like uh, uh, putting as much investment into sort of like the political enter enterprise as the artistic enterprise and so those places where it's sort of like play is the thing and trying to get as good as you possibly can because of the joy that it creates for everybody is like the main reason for doing it um and and I feel like right now Logan Square is like the place where if on any given night you go there, it is a theater. You go in, you're in a physical space. It has a theatrical identity. Um, there's uh, there's an artistic point of view behind how it's run, and you're going to see the people that 
don't ne- haven't necessarily collected the most status in the city at this particular moment, but are the people that are actually the best are opting to play there right now. So if you go there, you'll see somebody that is amazing, and you'll see teams that are amazing doing great shows. Uh, and yeah, probably in six to 24 months, you might go to a Second City show and see two or three of those people on a main stage and sort of like the the, the people that, that only look at this as like, a, as like a career progression type of thing um, will, will be like, oh, those people are great. But it's evident that you could have known that a long time ago if you like just really cared about seeing good work. And so <laughs> I think right now we're really fragmented and weird and it's hard to know where to go to see uh, to see stuff that's really good instead of sort of the Emperor's New Clothes stuff of like people say this is good, you go see it, everybody says it's good, so you assume it's good, but actually it's not that good. Some changes, like in Chicago, have been big. Other cities have had less change. Helena Yang is an improviser in Seoul, and as she explains, things have changed a little less there, although there have definitely been changes. I think improv scene-wise, we changed not really much. I mean, the subject and the way of improvising, improvising, it's not really changed. But I feel like we try to avoid the, the loneliness, like uh, pandemic things. Naturally, we didn't agree about it, but naturally we avoid that kind of subject because I think everyone is sick about it. <laughs> That's really interesting because during the pandemic, I read an article that said during the last pandemic, like 100 years ago, the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. as it was called, during that... Um, that was a very traumatic experience. And after that, very little art was created about it. They created art about the war, peculiarly, but not about the Spanish flu. And I did wonder whether that would happen here. And it's interesting. We also, um, in my scene, we we just don't do scenes about COVID at all. Hmm. I wonder why I that we, is. I think it is because it's right after pandemic, so we are traumatized still. So we avoid, but maybe 10 years later, maybe we will do COVID scene after 10 years later, because at that time we will be fine. But right now, I think it's hard to everyone, I guess. I agree. Have have things changed in terms of people joining improv? Because I, I realise a lot of people did virtual improv during the pandemic and some people did like a level one or their intro to improv uh, online yes. rather than in person. Yes. Actually, I teach improv here in Korea. And during the pandemic, I had a new, new students. And after pandemic, they joined the offline and they were in panic because online improv, it's my personal opinion, my point of view, online improv is totally different genre in improv. 
So offline improv and online improv, there are a few things uh, overlapping, but still it's totally different. So one of my students had uh, in panic when he started the offline improv first time. And he especially had difficulties joining in the scene and living in the scene. Because during the online, we just click the button and just turn off and turn on the camera. But in real life, we have to move running into the scene, join the scene, and we have to move our feet to leave the scene. So that was the most difficult part for him. From Seoul to a car ride I took in Sydney with Kale Bain from Improv Theatre Sydney earlier on this year. The pandemic did a whole lot of um, shifting socially in terms of uh, people's social conscious Mm -hmm. as well, social consciousness. Um, We, no one yet from our company has been cancelled um, and we didn't I mean we paid close attention to what was happening with so many different improv companies in terms of um, mistreatment of peoples and people identities feeling neglected um, and underrepresented and you know we hope that we learned lessons from from our past practices and from other people's practices um, but we haven't come out the same like we weren't in danger of closing mm-hmm. to that effect so they they had a you know a lot of companies had a much different experience in that respect uh, but in just in terms of having doors closed over COVID we had this weird um, Sydney was different because we closed hard there was fucking hard lockdown um, but we had pretty excellent government support so we could continue paying our staff um, so we stayed in existence as a company um, and that kind of floated us for a little while and then uh, we um, we had this like honeymoon period post the first lockdown where people were ready, people were hungry and we did great business after the first lockdown and then there was a second lockdown that hurt us um, because the first lockdown happened at a time when we were kind of between terms so we could shut things down business wasn't really that hurt Um, second lockdown happened I think just as we were about to start a term from memory Um, and then by the time that lockdown ended people were like a lot more reluctant and we're a lot less confident um, and it's kind of taken time to to build back up after that Um, yeah I would say we're still not up to I don't think people are still comfortable in being like shoulder to shoulder with each other in spaces Um, but you know people are coming back but what about the folks who took their first step into the improv world doing online improv during the pandemic? Helena Yang again. For sure, they have less experience and also they only did online. So there are so many games and so many improv formats 
they never done before. So mm. they really, some of them are really enthusiastic. So they request to do <laughs> catch up sessions, like uh, they want to do like a uh, mirror twins, mirror twins game, shuffle game. We never done in online. So they really want to do those kind of games and formats to catch up. Actually, we have many differences. Like we have experience difference level and also online offline difference levels. So they need time, I think. In some cities like Chicago, um, mm-hmm. some theatres closed. New places mm-hmm. have opened, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there had been any difference in the organizational structure of improv since the pandemic. In Korea, actually, we have a very small community and small improv theater and small crowd. We only have one improv theater, which is the name is Fantastic Theater, and clearly. Fantastic theater had so many difficulties during the pandemic. And before the pandemic, Fantastic Theater has more improv teams, more shows, and more audiences. And during the pandemic, it was just gone, nothing. And it was really hard time for the theater owner, who is Alex Park. And after pandemic, nowadays, I heard we are catching up. And uh, during the pandemic, actually, few teams disappeared. We had two English teams. Right now, we have two English teams and three Korean teams. And mm-hmm. before the pandemic, actually, we have six, seven teams total. But during the pandemic, we lost two, three teams. And nowadays, two and three new teams came up. So we are catching up now. Back to the car ride with Kale in Sydney. I spoke to some people in New York um, a while back. We were messaging and um, they said there's this, you know, you've got the established talent. And you've got um, people who are now starting out on level ones, but like that kind of mid-level of talent, the people who were kind of getting ready to be the kind of next generation of main stage players or Saturday Night Show players or whatever, that seems to have disappeared or it it certainly had six months ago. Uh, If anything, that is the strongest part of our community right now. That That like house team... And coming out of a house team level of our community, there's more people in that part of our community, especially people who are like post house team now who are putting on their own shows and they're doing, they're making their own work. That seems to, there seems to be more people taking charge of their own improv destinies um, now than. Uh, than previously yep you go just go don't worry about looking they they wanted to be out in this lane yeah yeah um that's really interesting because that is yeah that's the opposite experience to to my scene as well we've kind of got the a couple of two or three established kind of teams um and we've got a lot of people who are like who are new who are hungry but that kind of 
the bit in the middle seems to have been lost for us so like that sounds like your scene is really like your scene is really healthy right now I think what I think part of what happened is that so television in general kept on um, and there was actually a lot of opportunity for people new to television to get a lot of writing work and to get a lot of um, there's just a lot of opportunity so people who are on the top end start are now like writing for television Um, and some of them are, um, they're, I don't want to say done with improv, but they're like, they're moving on to other things. And while people have moved into TV from improv in Australia, the recent strikes have seen traffic move in the other direction in LA. With Los Angeles. And because of the very, very long writer's strike. And keep in mind, you know, writers are also actors too. So it was a duo hit. For us, who are writers who happen to be actors, and then, of course, actors who are actors, um, our scene has become less homogenous, mainly because we have everybody who is not, uh, who is a person of color or part of the LGBTQIA plus community are like, wait a minute, everything's opening up. I feel a little bit more welcome. You know, the ledge will have us. Hey, wait a minute. I can go and put up something at the clubhouse. Hold on a minute. Sean Gary and the Lyric Hyperion is actually not so bad whatsoever. Um, let me go and play. And everybody says yes. So everything, everything, it's, of course, is completely different. Um, here in Los Angeles, because there's a lot of people who are performing who cannot perform doing their regular thing, which is, you know, unless it's SAG approved, film, television, radio shows or podcasts or commercials specifically. Everything's kind of been on a hold. So you're seeing a large majority of people coming in. So when we go back, you know, when, you know, everything is settled, I just voted, you know, to stay on. I just personally voted to stay on strike until we can get our fair representation. I'm very union. But of course, I'm from Chicago. Back again to last December and that whiskey drinking session with Joran. When you go to I.O. tomorrow and it might be sad and weird and, um, you know, sort of somebody's like, chalk impression of what once was a thing that really mattered uh, don't worry it's still here <laughs> yeah. so much has changed like uh, Chicago was probably still does have the most amount of improv of any city in the world um, but I think the amount of change that has happened is also one of the largest amounts everything when the pandemic hit uh, took a, you know uh, an incredible hit in terms of you know obviously audience because there was nobody about you had to do it online obviously in terms of revenue but actually in terms of theaters closing new stuff opening up I think Chicago has had quite a big gear shift like I compare it to say Nottingham um, or even say a, a, a small scene like London he says with his tongue in his cheek slightly um, because he's a Nottingham boy um, like um, that is a big shift for such a big community to take how do you think the community uh, is reacting to that and adapting to that I I I wonder I mean I, I feel like it is yet to be seen because I think a thing that happened is that 
prior prior to everything sort of getting shaken up to the degree that it was shaken up, every two to four years there would be sort of an exodus wave of like, okay, these people that are really successful and really talented are going to move to LA and New York and they're going to drag a lot of people with them, like they're pods of folks and they're going to go to these places and then the rest of us here are going to wind up seeing them in TV commercials, movies, TV shows like, and it'll be like Oh, cool. Okay, great. That's they're Chicago people, even if maybe now they're New York or LA people. And I, I think that with all of this, it induced one of those waves to a pretty massive degree on uh, artificial schedule. And so, uh, there, I think there's been like a you know a a a, a talent exodus that was outside of the organic cycle and now I just don't know because prior when that was happening there's still enough activity here that it really like drew folks to Chicago like even as we had folks exodusing there were enough incoming new people that were really talented that like I was I had the strong belief that the best place in the world to do improv was Chicago and we were always getting this great new talent that was interested in craft that was going to constantly keep that being the case. But now, because we have such an unstable scene, I'm not sure what the input draw is going to be. And so there are great people here doing great things, but if some kid is out there in Ohio being like, I love this, I want to go to where I have the opportunity to see and do the best stuff, uh, There's not, it, it, it's not obvious if you come to Chicago where you start or like what you get integrated into to like become part of that community and have those opportunities as much as it was in the past. For me, watching the different shifts in the UK has been interesting. There are far fewer established improv theatres in the UK, and whilst things have certainly changed at the ones that do exist, they do still exist, and thanks, in some part, to government grants during the lockdowns. But the slow emergence of new groups and new nights that are happening in different cities across the UK has also been interesting. It feels like there may be more opportunities and variety now, but it still feels like early days even though it's been over two years since things opened back up. The Improv Chronicle is produced and hosted by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. Help keep the podcast going by donating. There's a link in the show notes. It doesn't have to be much. Every little really does help. There's also a link in the show notes to my newsletter, which you can also get if you go to improvchronicle.com. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.